0: Welcome to Defend What Matters Most Radio, where you stay informed on latest Idaho Army National Guard Matters. I'm your host Tom Westall. This is a bi-weekly podcast for the Idaho Army National Guard to talk about monthly theme, public affairs themes and communication messages specifically for different organizations within the Idaho Army National Guard. And it's just a, a way for these people to get the message out to the community, to our employers, to the family members, and to the Guard itself. Today, we have Captain Jay Sthayer with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. We're excited to have you. This month's theme is resiliency Um, across the Idaho Army National Guard. The month of September is resiliency. So we have Captain Jace Thayer with us today, who is the R3SP coordinator, and that stands for Resiliency, Substance Abuse, and Suicide Prevention. But before we get into talking about suicide prevention and what it is and why it's important to the Idaho Army National Guard, which is the purpose of this episode, I'm to go into a little bit about who Jay Steyer is. He's from the University of Idaho. Uh, we went to school together. We've known each other for a long time. Lots of good
1: stories about you.
0: Yeah, we've probably used that at a, at another time. <laughs> but anyway, um, University of Idaho got a master's degree in counseling and human services and commissioned for, through the Army ROTC program as a second lieutenant medical services officer. Is that right? Correct. Your first assignment was as a field medical assistant, moved up to a platoon leader with Charlie Med, 145. Yes. Uh, Then moved up to be an executive officer. And then in 2016, you were selected as the medical operations officer for the 116th Cavalry Brigade Combat Team. Uh, In 2011... You were, you were hired as the full-time R3 SP coordinator. Is that correct? That's correct. So yeah. that's why you're here with us today. Um, you're qualified for the job, and uh, you've been doing it for, what, a couple years now. So Yeah, a little over six years. Perfect. So yeah. you're the man for it. But let's move right into this here. So, again, why do we have resilience, substance abuse, and suicide prevention, or R3 SP? Why is it important? Why is it important for our commanders? Why is it important for... The employers and the family members. And let me tell you about a couple of statistics here to put things into perspective. Idaho is consistently among the states with the highest suicide rates. Okay, In 2015, Idaho had the fifth highest suicide rate in the U.S. with a rate of 21.9, which is 57% higher than the national average. That is huge. That's, that just blows my mind. Suicide is the second, leading, the second leading cause of death for Idahoans between the ages of 15 to 34, and for males up to the age of 44, and that's the employable age, Yes. right? That, that's, that, that's the age group that's in the military service who is out there in the workforce. Between 2012 and 2016, 105 Idaho school children. It breaks my heart. You know, Between the ages of the 6 and 18 years old, died by suicide. 27 of those deaths were among children age 14 or younger. And, you know, we're not trying to... This, this isn't supposed to be a negative podcast or a negative thing, but we got to just put these in, things into perspective to help people understand why this is important. You know, and, and something... One last point I want to bring up. Most people should know that there is a suicide prevention hotline. I think we're going to get into that a little bit later, but there's a suicide prevention hotline, and they keep metrics and track these things. And of all the calls that they get in the state of Idaho... 10% are military service members. Yeah, or
1: service members, veterans, or their families. So in particular, um, the, the military community, the veteran community, reaches out to the suicide prevention hotline uh, rather frequently, and that's not just with cases involving um, people who are actively thinking about suicide. That's people maybe looking for information, uh, maybe even texting to say, hey, you know, can you help me out? I'm looking for uh, help for my buddy. So... I want people to be aware that the hotline is not there just for crisis situations. It's there for people to call and get information as needed, uh, especially when they're looking out for themselves or others.
0: Tell me about these statistics. Why are they important to us here?
1: Uh, I mean, really, the thing I like to highlight about statistics is the fact that uh, they give us information, especially folks like me who look at uh, historical data, analyze trends, you know, uh, paint the big picture for the command uh, for people in and outside the organization. Um, but for the most part, uh, when we look at statistics, I want people to remember that they may sound, you know, a little bit heavy, a little bit dire, but we're trying to change that conversation around to say, well, when you say one in 10 uh, individuals has such and such an issue, that really means nine in 10 uh, such and such people uh, don't, or they actively manage it well. Okay. So uh, while that's a very general and, and very broad statement right there, I want people to think about when they see data and when we talk about these statistics that, um, you know, it's it's usually highlighting kind of the, the most extreme cases, not necessarily what the average is. And so um, I, I caveat that with every conversation I have.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I wasn't very good at statistics in college, but I think I got to be. That's right. <laughs>
1: Might be better than what I got. I'm not quite sure.
0: No. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, let's let let us get going here. Okay. Why does the army care so much about resilience, substance abuse, and suicide prevention programs? What's the big deal? I mean, if
1: anybody out there knows anything about, um, you know, the army's first and foremost mission right now, it's all about readiness. Okay, and so through the past 10, 15, 20 years, uh, and especially those uh, individuals who had been in the service for that long, um, you would notice a a major change in how the Army has approached these programs. So mental health in general, uh, more specifically, the resilience, substance abuse, and suicide prevention programs. And what they started to realize over time is that when we're not treating the soldier, the service member, the airman, the Marine, um, in a holistic fashion, we're not addressing Uh, you know, small issues as they come up. We're not addressing family issues, financial issues. It makes us uh, unavailable many times to go out and then do the things that we're asked to do. So it's a a very important piece. Uh, Everybody who's been in the service knows you go through and, you know, they look at your finances. They look at your records, both medical and administrative. Um, You know, the docs come in and, and tinker with you and talk to you about what's going on. Um, So it's a very intensive process and it's meant to make us ready to go out the door and and fight the nation's wars
0: So it, it comes down to readiness and really all personal feelings set aside from a business standpoint It comes down to the ability to perform your mission exactly and it can be and if you have people who are unhealthy Not making the right decisions and maybe taking their own life that can become a huge impact on the organization on and we're gonna get into this on many different avenues and faucets and that can distract from the mission.
1: Correct. Yep. And, you know, the Department of Defense puts a lot of money into training uh, myself, you know, training you, training uh, every service member that comes through the door and is accepted. So it's, uh, you know, not not to take a cold look, but we're an investment. Um, and they want to see that, you know, uh, their investment is taken care of, that we are ready to go and, and serve our purpose. And to, to anybody out there that, that seems to make That should make sense.
0: I want to dive into this in three different avenues here. Okay, guardsmen, family members, and employers. As a guardsman, me as Captain Thomas Westall or T.J. Westall, why should I care about this program? So
1: looking at you and thinking about you in particular, you're a commander, correct? Right. So uh, within that, you should understand that whole uh, basic purpose of readiness and understanding that. Uh, the majority of your time really spent on personnel issues comes down to those um, more interpersonal issues to where that service member uh, or family member is uh, needing something more, and it it takes a lot of your time, and we see that. So um, for you in particular, knowing that uh, these programs are out there to both train, educate, and promote um, the overall wellness, mental health, positive coping skills, I mean, that's really the payout for you is that um, you know, we're trying to implement mm-hmm. um, systems, processes, training that are going to better uh, your service members and, and make them more able to complete their mission.
0: You know, I'm just thinking to myself, and for those who are listening, that was a hypothetical question, by the way. I do care, and I understand the <laughs> importance of it, but I'm like, boy, I started thinking about that. That came across wrong. <laughs> what, what about at the section level? Why, why, should, why should a junior enlisted or a, a sergeant, which is an E-5 or a staff sergeant, care about these programs? So
1: and really within that level, um, I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Um, Your your sergeant, your staff sergeant, they are uh, for, you know, not a better word. I mean, they're where, um, you know, kind of the kings of the hill. Right. And uh, so for them, having a beat on these programs, understanding the basic terminology, knowing that they're developing relationships, they are um, providing, uh, you know, research-based concrete, uh, you know, avenues to get their soldiers into a a healthy mental state or in in contact with the right people at the right time, uh, that's going to pay dividends.
0: Knowledge is huge. Knowledge is huge. It is. What about the family members? Why is this important to them?
1: Uh, And really, you know, thinking about my family, thinking about your family, thinking about um, anybody who's involved with us as service members, uh, they want to know we're taken care of and they want to know that when we – have an issue, uh, either ourselves or us as a family that we can reach out and we can actually seek, uh, support. We can go to training. So most people don't know that through my program's uh, we can actually train family members uh, in suicide prevention education, in substance abuse education, in resilience. and we, To help
0: them in their own lives or to help them with the service member or both? Both. both? both. Uh-huh. Yep.
1: And so it doesn't cost anything. Basically, if you're a service member uh, and you see that we're hosting a training or something's coming up in your unit, um, you, you're more than welcome to invite your family in and they can be a part of that uh, that event, that education event.
0: And, you know, I would think that, you know, I always say a happy life is a happy life, right? And if I'm having issues at home, you know, things can be challenging for me at work. And I think I speak for a lot of people in, out here, out there that's listening that if, you, if you're having issues at home or in your personal life, it can become a distraction in the workplace and things can escalate big time. And if you don't have a solid support group and you don't know who to reach out to, and maybe you're too scared to reach out to, but maybe your family member knows the information and can maybe help you with those things. That's a big thing too.
1: It definitely is. And uh I mean you look at us and I see it all the time. We're we're trained or ingrained to think, you know, we can take care of this ourselves. We can uh, make ourselves well. We can make ourselves get back to the place that we need to be. And sometimes it's just not that simple. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need a little extra assistance, um, whether it's from a counselor or not, whether it's from a financial advisor, whether it's from, um, you know, maybe just realizing that you have a solid connection to your mom or dad or whoever that significant relationship is in your life. Uh, Sometimes that just needs to be facilitated. So we provide avenues to help service members and families get to that point. And uh, we'll we'll talk about, you know, some more specific resources a little bit later.
0: Yeah. Last piece on this topic is the employer. You know, hopefully we do have employers listening to this podcast because it's an opportunity for you to connect with what's going on in our community and our Idaho Guard family. What about them? Why is this important to the employer who may have um, employees who are service members in the Idaho Army National Guard? So when I think about that, I really think there's two
1: points to make. One, understand that employee um, has a higher level of awareness training, especially surrounding uh, suicide, mental health issues, uh, merely by nature that they are Uh, in the National Guard or in the in the service. And so um, they are in tune to those kind of cues and understand the signs. So that's really a big asset to that employer. Number two, if that um, that service member is having some issues, or you notice as an employer that they are not performing to that uh, standard that you have set, they're not being where they need to be, uh, and so you know, so on and so on, you can actually reach out to us or encourage them to reach out to us uh, so that we, we can get them set up with some free confidential services that will help them get back to where they need to be. Because not only do you need them to be the employee that you hired them to be, but we need them to be the uh, service member, the soldier, the airman that we hired them to be.
0: It's all about a big family. Guardsmen, family members, the employer, and our military community, the Idaho Army National Guard, if we're all on the same page, and we we know who to re- reach out to, and we're going to get to that later. But we know who to reach out to; it's just it it helps, and not only is it good for the soldier, it's good for the family members, it's good for the employer and their mission, and it's also good for us for readiness to make sure that soldier is able to go out fight and deploy and defend his country.
1: Correct, and I want to make one quick point to that is that. There are at times some misconceptions that if our soldiers are reaching out for help, there may be a negative impact on their career, on their standing within the unit. And I'm here to tell you that that is not the case. And literally 90%, 95% of all the cases that I've ever seen come through where, I mean, these are literally like real crisis situations, like uh, more serious than... Mm -hmm. Your, your typical situation, right. um, it, it does not have an impact on that individual's career. Um, and more often than not, the the leadership is uh, only looking to get that person the help that they need so they can return and reintegrate back to the military because we we care about each other i mean we're here we we see each other we grow up with each other mm-hmm. so it's not like we want to see uh anybody you know be pushed to the sidelines or not get the help that they need
0: absolutely absolutely it comes down to caring it right? does you talked about you know some of some common misconceptions a second ago let's let's add to that all right let's add to that a little bit what are some other things or maybe myths or things that you see like you know that's not right that's not the point of this program is there you got anything to bring up about that
1: yeah, actually, I have a, a few key things that really come across my, my desk more frequently than not. Um, and so I'm just going to get into it. One of the things I hear from many service members is that, uh, you know, they say, if we're going to talk about suicide, we're going to train on suicide awareness and prevention. It's just going to put it in, you know, that person's head. And uh, the thing that I, when I have those conversations with individuals, uh, the data is showing that, talking about suicide and suicide awareness is not going to make somebody think about suicide themselves. Okay. <laughs> it just, it doesn't work like that. It, yeah. it, it creates a dialogue. It, it, um, tears down walls, but uh, the caveat, so there's a caveat. If you talk about suicide awareness and prevention in a way that does not promote safety, it does not promote, um, you know, safe choices, mm-hmm. um, and a specific language there is a chance that it could uh, lead that person to think, "Wow, I, I really feel alone, isolated, and my my life is as bad as I think
0: it is." You know, there's there's a reason why we have these these briefings every year, and the reason why we talk about these actively. And you know, it, it is discouraging. I'll, I'll, I mean, I sit through these briefings, and I go through these classes, and we talk about it at, at you know my level. And sometimes I get done with hearing some of these stories and hear people talk about their experiences with maybe a, a lost a, you know a lost service member, or maybe their son or something, and you just kind of walk away feeling like garbage. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just, you don't, at least me personally, I walk away from that feeling, boy, I feel like garbage now. But generally speaking, I've seen that with these these programs, specifically in your program, that there's a reason behind it. It's getting you to think exactly like you said. And let me tell you, I start thinking about it more often now. Maybe if it wasn't for that impactful video that I watch, or that or that person that stood up and talked about their experiences, maybe I wouldn't be thinking about it, and when I should be.
1: Sure. Yep. And uh, the one of the challenges in front of us right now is that you know the standard format that the army has pushed forward is not based on uh, best practice. So Mm -hmm. we're we're trying to change that. We're trying to change the the language. And in particular, when you see somebody up there uh, talking about uh, suicide awareness and prevention, or you see something in the news, understand that part of the message that we're trying to deliver there is that there is hope um, when somebody is talking about suicide and there's help available. Uh, Real quick, thinking about resilience training. And it's another one of those programs to where, and if you're not familiar with it, uh, the Army has developed a a full uh, kind of complement training curriculum out of the University of Pennsylvania to give us some tools surrounding how to change our thoughts, how to change the the way that we process information. And to this point, many people kind of feel like it's just another one of those programs that we have to get through. Uh, What I would say is, Um, You know, if you're out there thinking, you know, I'm resilient already. Why do I need this? I would challenge you to listen actively when uh, when you encounter those resilience concepts, whether it's uh, in the National Guard or you hear them on the news or having a conversation with somebody and uh, apply them to your life on a daily basis. Uh, Resilience training in particular, what I'm talking about when I talk about the Army. Uh, is not effective unless we practice it on a day-to-day basis. It's not a a once-a-month, one-hour-a-month type of thing.
0: You know, I feel like I have the resilience shield and sword already from the the eight-and-a-half, nine years I've been in the Army. I got the tools. And when I experience things in my life, whether it's family members, siblings, or friends, even in my own personal life, I got the tools and the experiences from the training I've received from programs like the R3SP And I feel more prepared and I'm able to be active about it and address the situation head on the correct way. And I know the right people to reach out to. And I've used it. So I can attest for that. I like hearing that. Okay. Let's talk about what can happen right now, whether you are the individual soldier, a family member, or even an employer. Maybe you're not in the military. You have no connection to us. But maybe you have a service member working for you. Or maybe you're just interested in this podcast and you'd like to hear what's going on. Um, What can you do to be a part of this or reach out and take action?
1: Okay. So uh, within uh, the units in particular, we'll start there, our, our service member base, um, we have, you know, myself included, subject matter experts that are available to come out and actually train your units. Uh, so that way you don't have to, or you don't have to have Uh, you know, find that individual that's going to train. So what I would say is, uh, you know, give us that opportunity. We obviously can't get everywhere because we have a large state and a lot of units are dispersed. So, um, you know, bear with us. We'll do the best that we can, but um, we can send folks out to your location and um, provide you that subject matter expert that can come in and train the material to standard, Mm -hmm. okay? So it takes that onus off of you. Of course. Additionally, when you have issues coming across your desk uh, within these programs and you're just not quite sure how to interpret it, who to reach out to, I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to um, be those subject matter experts that can uh, guide you in your decision-making process surrounding substance abuse and suicide prevention resilience. Um, Looking at some other things I want to highlight, State Family Programs Office um, is one of those areas where if you're in the outline areas, you know, Eastern Idaho, North Idaho, um, South Central Idaho, you have uh, resources already embedded there. So I want to encourage folks out there to tap into those. Um, so if, if you need some more information surrounding mm-hmm. those resources, I'm always available. I want to put my personal number out there, my office number, 208 Two seven two four two six zero. So please feel free to reach out to me. I, I work within underneath the family programs umbrella, uh, and I, I'm always ready to promote the kind of work that we do, the the connections that we can make. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that chaplains are always available. Um, that's a great resource to tap into. Um, what what
0: is a chaplain for those? You know, not everybody listening to this is necessarily in the military. So it's just real quick. What's what's yeah. a chaplain? So our our chaplains are there to provide um, spiritual.
1: Religious and overall wellness support, and they provide a variety of very confidential services, and are um, you know all intents and purposes available twenty four seven. So that's uh, one of those uh, key resources that we always refer soldiers and family right. members to. Um, so uh, direct number to reach to them. I want to make sure people walk away with that. Okay, two zero eight two seven two six four six eight. Okay. Um, same with our director of psychological health and our psychological health coordinator. So we do have a crisis line there that people can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week as need. I mean, you have a question or, or something really is happening. We want you to reach out. We want you to engage. Okay. And that number in particular, 208-860-0189.
0: Now, is that, is that somebody here at Gallon Field? That is. Okay.
1: Yep. Well, we actually have three. So we have two here on Gallon Field. Mm-hmm. full time, and then we have uh, one on the eastern side of the state. So gotcha. Um, there, there are people here ready and willing to
0: to sure. engage. Sure. Sure.
1: If if you want to get involved as a, uh, you know, community member, as a service member, whatever that may be, there's a few uh, organizations we work really closely with that I want to give a a plug to. Um, So SPAN Idaho, uh, S-P-A-N, Suicide Prevention Action Network, is one of those key organizations that doesn't matter which region of the state you live in, you can go in, walk into one of their regional meetings and get involved today. Um, So that's always something I I tend to plug. They do some great work out there and are actually uh, big parts of changing the conversation around suicide in the state of Idaho. Same with the Idaho hotline, the Idaho suicide prevention hotline. Um, the direct number to call there is 208-398-4357. And that's actually text too. Most people don't realize that they've rolled out a text feature. So um, you can text them or you can call them. So I really want people to walk away with that information. Uh, and then kind of lastly, the uh, there's some great veterans groups um, specifically tied into the community that are looking to help our service member and veterans community. So... For instance, here in the Treasure Valley, we have Joining Forces for Treasure Valley Veterans. Uh, That is out of Boise Police Department in particular. They have a meeting on the third Thursday of every month um, at 0745 in the morning at City Hall West. Anybody is welcome to join, especially if they have an interest in actively serving and supporting uh, military and veterans. And it's just a a great forum to come together and say, hey, what is everybody doing? How can we get together and, and be the best that we can be as a city? And there's other initiatives like that happening right now. Across the state,
0: so so many resources for you to call out to. I figured I wasn't going to dime in because it's like this has got to be like a thirty second info commercial to get all this all this information out, which is awesome because there's so much stuff out there, and that's there, just
1: the tip of the iceberg.
0: Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. And remember, this is a tool. This community, this podcast is a tool for you to be educated and to have resources. So you know this podcast will always be there. You can always go back and listen to it. You can hit pause. You can write these numbers down, and you have that, that information and, and, you know, the uh, the websites and, and the names. So is there anything else you want to say today? Uh, no, really just want to thank you for having
1: me. Um, please reach out. And, you know, some of those numbers I provided, reach out, make a contact if uh, that's where you feel you need some support. I'm here. The The State Family Programs Office is here. So uh, I I just really want people to know that we are here and and ready to, um, you know, be that part, that solution that you may need in your life.
0: Captain Jay Steyer, a good friend of mine. I've known him for years. Um, Real professional man, knows his job. He's good at it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you. So thanks.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been great.
0: So again, resilience, substance abuse, and suicide prevention. Now you know why. You understand why it's such a big deal to the soldiers the family members, and the employers. This isn't just for the Guardsmen. This is for the, the holistic, as Captain Thayer put it, the holistic approach, the whole family, the big picture. So we'll go ahead and uh, finish this up here. So thank you for listening to What Matters Most Radio, where you stay informed on all of our latest Idaho Army National Guard matters. I'm super excited where this is going. Uh, this should be on iTunes by now when you're listening to it. It's on our external website, and it's also available on our internal communication tool, online tool of iPort. So Again, thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you in two weeks.